three, two, one. And welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham. And I'm Zach Brown. And we are back again with another episode. I think this is 45, 46, something like that. We yeah, are 45. 45 episodes into this journey of sports talk with uh with with two cousins. You know, we've we've stretched across two football seasons at this point. Um, we're in the middle of the I think this is around the time that we started last year as well. I'm gonna have to check the date. I think it was around November. Let me, I can I can check I can tell you the date right now, sir. I can tell you right now. We started November third. Yeah, so we are we are approaching um that, which is amazing. But anyways, we're yeah. um if you're wondering where episode forty four is, it is yeah. on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Um it was not uploaded to the podcast. Just couldn't get it out in time. Yeah. But if you're wondering where it is, you can find that's, it on our YouTube. That's, thank you. I forgot completely about that. We had fun on the live stream. It feels like we just recorded that uh as uh, we did like four days ago. Did, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but you know, we've got MLB postseason. We're in the thick of that. We've got some NFL. We're in the thick of that. NBA starts tonight, the night of the recording. So we will. I'm going to be asking Zach in a new segment um, called "Beat the Expert." Um, so be be on the lookout for that um, NBA segment every single week. And then, of course, our cash cow, the NCAA college football. We got a lot to talk about. We're gonna go in we're going to dive into our predictions we're going to look back at what of a, a crazy week of football that that we just went through but we're going to start with the postseason which after the results kind of doesn't mean as much to me and zach anymore because both of our teams are out of it yep. but zach does have some things that we want to uh want to talk <clears> about <throat> and that's actually right on brand for the first thing you want to talk about um so let's 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 jump into the postseason yeah so um right now uh, the Yankees are leading the Guardians four to nothing in the decisive game five. So, if that score holds, it'll be Yankees and Astros in the uh, ALCS. And You'll know by the time you're listening. Though. The uh, and the Phillies Padres in the NLCS is game one tonight of the NLCS. So, I, I felt like it was interesting to say that every 100 win team got bounced in the first round, um, which. Honestly, if you look back at MLB history, you would be surprised how many times that happens. The, um, the, uh, the, the, the team with the best record usually a lot of times doesn't make it out of their first appearance because they're usually coming off a bye week. And in baseball, look, rhythm is so important. Yep. Getting into a groove, getting to a rhythm. And, and I'm not going to make excuses. The Braves played terribly in that series with the Phillies. Um, but the five days off really threw off our rhythm. It, it did. And that's probably going to be a discussion that happens from here on out. You're going to have people discuss, okay, should we really give people five days off? Is it really an advantage to have those five days off? Because while your guys are getting healthy and they're getting rested, they're also out of rhythm. They're not doing anything for five days. Um, they're also, some of them are probably going home to their families and they're, you know, getting out of the baseball mindset a little bit. You know, you don't have another break. The only other break like that during the season is during the all-star break. Um, and so, it, you know, I'm not saying we changed the format uh, after just one year, but that's something that people are going to talk about. Uh, is the five days too much? Now, you could look at the Astros and say they had five days off and swept the Mariners. So, and the Yankees had five days off and, and you know, going into five games of the Guardians are probably going to win the series. But, you know, it, it's just... 
I think this speaks volumes to the parody of baseball. If yep. you like, if you like parody in sports, then you should be a baseball fan because no sport, no, no professional American sport has more parody than baseball does every year. Um, only about half of the same teams make it if that, and the wildcard teams have made the world, a wildcard team has made the world series 25% of the time since the wildcard was implemented, which is a phenomenal statistic. It I is, don't think it's yeah. that high in any other sport. So it just, you know, I was dead wrong about the Phillies. I, I, I was very vocal about, you know, how I really felt like they didn't deserve to be there. If the Brewers would have just won two games against the Marlins, the Phillies wouldn't even be in the playoffs. But I mean, look at what happened to the Braves last year. Even though we right. won the division, right. we had the worst record out of any playoff team. We caught fire at the right time, won the World Series. Same thing's happening in the Phillies. Exactly. And so um, where I'm going to piggyback off of that and I'm going to go into our World Series predictions. You know, we don't have to oh. elaborate that much, yeah. but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Phillies and Astros in the World Series. And because I see so much of the same, I guess, momentum that the Phillies have right now, the Braves caught last year, I'm picking the Phillies to win it all. I think it's a great year to be a Philly sports fan because the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL. The Phillies are red hot right now. Um, maybe the Sixers have a good year. I don't really know how good the Sixers yeah, they're, are. Yeah, they're solid. James yeah. Harden's leaned up and stuff. We'll get into so that. Yeah. I think it'll be a good year to be a Philadelphia sports fan this year. So. That's my prediction. Phillies, Astros in the World Series, and I think the Phillies take it in seven. I'm going to go the other direction. I think the Padres are going to make it. I think uh, Juan Soto and that Padres team, I feel like top to bottom, their rotation has been insane. Same with the Phillies. I just feel like the Padres are going to have the advantage in the series against the Phillies. I've been dead wrong about everything in this postseason, though, to be honest with you, so I, I wouldn't trust anything I'm saying. Don't get mad that I'm not picking your team. Actually, be glad that I'm not picking your team. Um, but I do think the Astros top to bottom are the best team in baseball at, that's still in the playoffs. So I think the Astros are going to win. I think they can win that uh, series in about six. All right. If the Padres do make it, though, I'm rooting for them because they've never won a World Series. Right. It's something um, so new. I would definitely root for them, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So let's let's just jump into the NFL. Uh, okay. I know that we don't have a whole lot of MLB fans, so I don't want to stick on that. And then after the NFL segment, we can jump into the NBA. Or do you want to do NBA first? Uh, let's let's uh, let's let's do uh, let's do the NFL. All right, let's do NFL. So we did contender and pretender last week uh, with the NFC with three NFC teams. I picked three AFC teams this time. So the first one we're going to talk about is the New York Jets. Do you view them as a contender or a pretender? Um, the New York Jets, I I think they're a pretender. I think they're a, a couple of years away from being really, really good. But, uh, I mean, we're seeing the groundwork for it. Brees Hall has been an insanely good pickup for them. But this is kind of the the route that most running backs go at this point. Really good two or three years, and then they are just kind of average after that. Um, I mean, we're even seeing it with Jonathan Taylor. I know he's hurt, but he has yeah. one really good year, and then he has a major drop-off. Um, but, I mean, they've got it now. Zach Wilson's taking care of the football. That defense is a very underrated aspect of that team yeah. they're they're flying around what they did to Aaron Rodgers was pretty insane yesterday I'll say pretender for now but I mean if they make the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised do they they're like what second in the division they're four and two they may actually yes. be first no the bills are five and one. Oh yeah that's right that's right the bills are in that division yeah so 
I, I, I agree with you. Um, I think their draft picks have done very well. So they, they look very smart with their draft picks, especially sauce in the last. Is so good. Yeah. Sauce yeah. Gardner uh, wearing the cheese head, uh, yeah. basically calling himself cheese sauce, which is, which is awesome. And then uh, Alan Lazard came over and knocked it off his head, but they dominated Aaron Rodgers. They made him look, you know, they made him look not like a not very good quarterback. Their defense is playing well. Robert Sala, I think he, I think I still need to see more from him for whether I can give a, a fair judgment on how he is as a head coach. But I think their game plan of not allowing Zach Wilson to make mistakes by not by by taking the ball out of his hands a lot by trying to be a run first team, I think that's really helped the Jets. Right now, I'm going to go with Pretender because I still think they're way too young. And the NFL, these first six weeks, has been so weird. Teams that are not supposed to be good are good. Teams that are supposed to be good are not good. So it's just it's been a weird start to the NFL season. Next team, the L.A. Chargers. Contender or Pretender? I mean, they should be a contender, and I think they will be. Uh, their division doesn't look nearly as good as we once thought. Um, the beginning of the year, we were talking about them having four playoff teams in that division. At this point, I think they maybe have two. I mean, the Chiefs are a playoff team. The Chargers, I think, will get there. And then they've just kind of, they've got some things they need to figure out. That offensive line cannot protect Justin Herbert for some, and they're, they're injured all around. Like, um, their first, uh, Rashawn Slater's out. Um, I know, um, the guy from Georgia has been playing really good. Jamari Sawyer has been playing pretty good for them, but otherwise they're, they're pieced together on the offensive line. It's really showing. Um, but I yeah. do think that they've got enough talent. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, when Keenan Allen comes back. And then Gerald Everett is one of the more underrated tight ends in all of the NFL. Uh, they've got talent. And then on the defensive yeah. end, Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James. Like they, They've got the talent there. So I will say contender, but they've got some stuff they really need to clean up. They almost lost the Broncos. Yeah, Justin Herbert uh, broke the record for most attempted passes without a passing touchdown yesterday. He threw 57 passes without a passing touchdown. Um, I'm going to say you can't really go with a middle answer, so I'm going to say pretender just because I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. I think they're going to make the playoffs and then make it make it make a deep run, but I don't think this team's good enough to win a Super Bowl right now, uh, mainly because of Brandon Staley. I don't think Brandon Staley is doing a very good job with the talent that he has. They haven't proven that they can that they can stay healthy. Uh, their whole team is banged up right now. Keenan Allen can never stay healthy. Mike Williams, I think, isn't healthy. It, and that, that offensive line is banged up. But I think it goes back to, to Brandon Staley be, being the main issue. I'm not sure we can really trust him with the talent around him. But So I'm going to go with pretender for a Super Bowl contender. But I still think they can make a deep run in the playoffs. And then the third team, let's go with the Indianapolis Colts, the most bipolar team in the NFL right now. Pretender or contender for the Colts? I mean, was their win yesterday even that good? I mean, it's like the team they, they haven't beaten like six games in a row. They haven't beaten the Jags in like six meetings in a row. They haven't beat them at home in six games oh, in a row. Okay, that's but I mean, it's they they beat the Jags, who I mean are still the Jaguars, no much improved. But it took Matt Ryan throwing the ball fifty eight times. Matt yeah. Ryan threw the ball 58 times. And I mean, I know you don't have Jonathan Taylor. Like that's a big part of your offense, but the Colts have been very, very mid all year. I mean, you look at it with what they're three, two and one or something like that. Like they're yeah. they're They, 
Their record's fine. I don't think they're contenders, though. And I think as you were talking about Brandon Staley, I think Frank Reich is on, is got, has got to prove it at some point. Yeah. Got, like, prove yourself, bro. Like, you've, the Colts were this close last year and to making it, but they crapped the bed the last week of the season. And now you're looking at, uh, you have Matt Ryan and a much improved team. And Alec Pierce is controlling your team, you know? Like, Alec Pierce is the best offensive player. You're an offensive mind. You need to get to work. You need to balance the offense. Or you're not going to be a contender. And Frank Reich's not going to have a job next year. Yeah. So, I think... And I think to kind of allude back to what you what we, we talked about last week with offenses struggling in the NFL, I think coordinators are just trying to out-coordinate themselves. I think they're trying to make things a little bit too complicated. Um, now, I understand you have to have, you can't run a 1920-style simple offense of run the ball 40 times and pass the ball 10 times. You can't do that anymore. But I think sometimes these coordinators try to get way too creative and they out, kind of out-scheme themselves. I think that's kind of what's happening with Frank Reich. He's trying to get a little too fancy, uh, try to, you know, out scheme and, and stuff like that. But I'm going to say the pretender with the Colts as well. So I've said pretender with all three of these teams. The Colts are just too bipolar. They're just, it just doesn't seem like they can get a consistent identity going. And that's not going to be good for them in the playoffs. So I'm going to say no for the Colts to be as a contender as well. All right. So uh, have you been keeping up with the Robbie Anderson situation? I have, sadly. <laughs> That was so that was funny. So if you if you're not familiar with the Robbie Anderson situation, he's a wide receiver for the Panthers and the Panthers have been abysmal this year. Abysmal. They've been very bad. Matt Rule just got fired last week. And then Robbie Anderson, I think, got in some kind of sideline argument with his head coach, the interim. Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. Yeah, it was Steve Wilkes. And either uh, did he get ejected from the game or did the coach just banish him to the locker room? The coach banished him to the locker room. So, yeah, there was an argument. He got banished to the locker room. Literally the next morning, he was traded to the Cardinals for, like, nothing. I don't think the Panthers got, like, anything in return for him. Sixth-round pick, I think. Yeah. So, I think that that right there, it's a funny situation, but I, I want to mention it because I think that's – as much as the Panthers have been just terrible this season, I think a lot of times that's the right way to deal with the situation. I think if a guy's just going to be toxic – He's going to, you know, not like what's going on. Sometimes you need to just make that move, cut ties with him, and, and, and get rid of him. I wish the Braves would do that with Marcelo Zuna. He's causing problems. Don't, don't sit around and be like, well, we're paying him too much money. No, just get rid of him, which is exactly what the Panthers did with Robbie Anderson. They're just like, fine, you're going to cause issues. You're gone. We're getting look, rid of you. Look, I understand his, his frustration. P.J. Walker had 12 completions yesterday or in the game against uh, whoever they're in the card against the Cardinals. No, they weren't playing the Cardinals. Whoever they're the Rams, they were playing the Rams um, in his game against the, he had 12 completions. Not a single one was completed in front of the line of scrimmage. Wow. I didn't know that. I haven't not watched any NFL games. 58. He had, he had 12 completions for 58 yards and not a single one was beyond the line of scrimmage. So is Baker Mayfield hurt? Baker Mayfield is hurt. Uh, they then benched PJ Walker for Jacob Eason who came in and threw an interception. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Panthers. That yes. poor Panthers organization right that, now. That was P.J. Walker's first career loss as a starter. Wow. Yeah, he was great in the XFL, and he actually did pretty well in the few games he played last year, but yeah, I guess not this year. But look, I think the underrated aspect of this is the kind of player that the Cardinals just got. 
Robbie Anderson is a good wide receiver. And look, the Cardinals just lost to a really bad team that just slipped my mind. They lost the Cardinals. The Cardinals lost like 24 to 10. It was not pretty. Um, They Kyler is looks inept. Cliff Kingsbury looks inept. They lost to the Seahawks 19. They lost to the Seahawks 19 to nine. That's not a good loss. Um, Geno Smith, by the way, has a higher passing rating, passer rating than Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and Tom Brady. Um, So, but anyways, that's besides the point, but Robbie Anderson's going to help bridge that gap right now while they're waiting on Deandre Hopkins. I I do believe the Cardinals will get better once you get Deandre Hopkins. Cause obviously it's Deandre Deandre Hopkins. You're going to get better with any kind of player that that's good. That that is that good. I mean, there's an argument to say he might be the best wide receiver in football when he's healthy. Oh yeah. So, I mean, he's that good. So the Cardinals need him, but the Cardinals are struggling. So right now having Marquise Brown and Robbie Anderson. And now when you get Deandre Hopkins, you move Marquise Brown to the slot, have Robbie Anderson as a deep guy. I think that team can be really good. Cliff Kingsbury needs them to be good, or he's going to be coaching the, in the college next year. Yeah. Auburn? I was, I was, Auburn? I was, I was hearing talks of Auburn earlier today. Maybe. I know where you were hearing those uh, yeah, talks, yeah. but... Yeah, um, yeah. We, we heard some talks of Auburn today on another podcast, but Auburn. I don't know about that. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury... He, he could win at Texas Tech. You really want to bring him to Auburn? I don't know. Auburn. You got <laughs> but, your guy. Uh, uh, next story, Dak Prescott is set to return next week. And actually, I think Cooper Rush losing to the Eagles was actually a good thing for the Cowboys because now you don't have a controversy on your hands. Um, now you can now you can legitimately say, okay, yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott is our guy. Cooper Rush would have beaten the Eagles. It would be really hard to argue bringing Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott back in there to start. So, uh, Look, Cooper Rush had the lowest first half QBR for a starting quarterback through more than 15 attempts since Peyton Manning in 2015 at a 1.3 QBR in the first half against the Eagles. Granted they made that game close. They made it a game at the end. Cooper rush made some good plays, made some good throws, but you, I mean, Dak Prescott's going to be the guy. I think Dak Prescott was probably rooting for the Eagles in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably. Go, go Eagles. Secretly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he wants his job. At the end of the day, he's getting paid a lot, though. So, I mean, if he plays football or not, he's still getting paid. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Dak Prescott's going to be the starter next week against whoever y'all play. Um, and then he will uh, – he'll, he'll keep that job. Uh, let's look at who we're playing next week. We're playing the Lions. So He'll yeah. come back next week and win. Rush would uh, win that game. Yeah, Cooper Rush would win that. We're playing the Lions and the Bears back to back. So Cooper Rush would win both of those games. They want y'all to be they want y'all to be six and two, don't they? Golly. Yeah. All right. Uh Tua is expected to start this Sunday. What do you think about that? I sent a lawsuit. Um, I mean, I, I really am surprised. Like, good for him if he's actually fully healthy and like in the right state to play football, because it looked like legitimately he would never play football again after that hit that he took. I know you didn't watch that game because you were out of town, but I know you watched the footage. He, I mean that it was bad. It was yeah. legitimately bad. Uh, I look. And they're playing the Steelers. They're playing the Steelers who are not going to lay. I mean, Tomlin's going to go for him. Right. Uh, and as much as I love Tomlin, Tomlin's going to go for him. because He's got a good defense. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. If Tua takes one hit and he is, 
he's knocked out of the game. He should retire. Like, I'm not even making a joke. His health, his, his safety is a lot more important. So yeah, that is, that's that all Dolphins about team it. looks terrible without him. They've lost three in a row since he's gone out. They don't look very good. Do you know that you, they started Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Do you what know what happened to Teddy Bridgewater? Do you know, he's hurt. Oh, he has a concussion. Um, oh my gosh. What's with the Dolphins and concussions, man? I don't know. But do you know, a little trivia, where does Skylar Thompson play quarterback at? Uh, I, I know I've heard that name before. You um, have. Was it a Power 5 school? Yes. I'm thinking Kansas State for some Kansas reason. State is 100% correct. Hey. Yeah, Skylar Thompson played at Kansas State. Who was the other good guy who is now an off- the offensive coordinator at Kansas State? Oh, dude, it was uh, uh, Megan... Some- it was Klein. Klein. Colin Klein. Colin Klein. Klein. Yeah. Colin Klein. A little, a little Kansas State trivia today. Wow. Yes, sir. Okay. Do you All have right, thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I, I don't know. I, th- I think they're, they're, they're asking. They, they better be 100% sure that he's cleared to play. Right. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, we talked about it last week, how that concussion doctor has recommended that he not play again. Like for forever, recommended that Tua retires, and I understand the competitor in Tua probably, you know, whatever. But all I'm saying is they better they better be 100 percent sure that he's good to go, right? Because, like, if he takes, and I think if he takes, even if he doesn't have a concussion, if he takes a big hit, I think he's out of the game. You got to take him out of the game. You can't risk. He is can't risk to be even if it's not to the head. If he just takes a big hit, he's got to come out of the game. So I know you kind of don't want to play with kid gloves on, but you're, you're probably going to have to because of what happened with Tua. You're already under several lawsuits at this point with other things going on. So yeah, just, 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 just be very careful, Miami. You could, you could find yourself in a lot of trouble. Yep. All right. We did have one more topic, but uh, let's just skip it and let's just go to the NBA. Okay. The NBA starts tonight, and look, as much as we talk about college football, Zach even knows this. NBA is my number one. NBA will always be my number one. Uh, it's just it holds an ear and dear place in my basketball. It's the sport I played. And like Zach with the MLB, when you play the sport, you have a different appreciation for the sport. Now, right. I didn't, neither of us played it at the highest level, but still we played it. Um, and yeah. the NBA starts tonight, and genuinely, there is so much parity right now for the uh, for the NBA. And what I want to do is a little segment might not even be every week whenever there's a big prediction kind of thing to make beat the expert is what I think what I want to call this. I'm calling myself the expert. Zach obviously doesn't watch that much NBA, but I I want to I, I don't know if he has you have a way to write all this down to jot all this this these Yeah, I can down. write it down. Okay. Um so I'm going to make a prediction and then Zach is going to make the same prediction. Obviously, he might agree with me on some things, but I'm going to have him. Or I'm going to have him answer it first, and then I'm going to give my prediction. We're going to kind of look at how they play out by the end of the year. Um, I don't think any of his uh, Zach knows basketballs hit last year. Um, no, some of them did. Worst team. Worst. Worst team. I think you got it. Um, um, it was. Well, I know I hit like one or two of them. Yeah, I don't you remember. hit a couple. Not. Not like so. Your long term ones. But we're going to kind of do the same thing. We're going to go through about four or five awards, and then we're going to do best team and worst team. So, Zach, 
2022-2023, at the end of the season, who is walking away with the Kia MVP? Um, they only do one MVP league-wide, right? They, they do, don't do one yeah. for each yeah. league. Yeah, okay. yeah, league-wide. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with, uh, and why does his name slip my mind? Luka Doncic. Luka. Okay. Luka. You know any of the moves that they made? This The Mavericks? Yes. No. Okay. Well, I know they, they got, what, they didn't they get Rudy Gobert? No, that was the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Timber, your, your Timberwolves got Rudy Gobert. Um, so it shows how much yeah, I follow yeah. him. Um, that's a good prediction. He's number two on my list. But look, as boring as this sounds, Nikola Jokic is winning a three, is getting a three P. And listen, the Denver Nuggets are going to be the one seed in the West. They're going to win the most games in the NBA this year. They won 50 games without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Both of them are coming back this year. And Nikola Jokic is going to put up insane, insane stats. He's going to win a three P. And we're going to have to start discussing the possibility of Jokic being a top three center of all time in the NBA with the stats that he's putting up, the efficiency that he's doing it. There's always going to be this looming cloud over his head. Can he succeed in the playoffs? We he's one see. of my favorite players in the league. He's one of I my like, favorites. I like too. the Nuggets. I really like the Nuggets team. They're, they're going to be good. I don't watch the NBA, but when I do, Timberwolves are my number one team, but I really like the Nuggets. He likes the Nuggets because his my career player in 2K yes. 15 or something was on. <laughs> no, it was it was like it was 18. 2K it was 18, 18 I think. Yeah, 2K 18 was on the Nuggets. That's I was the, like, don't I, get it twisted. I like three-peated a championship with the Nuggets, so that's why I like the Nuggets. So he was that was Jokic's like rookie year. And they had <laughs> yeah. Yusuf Nurkic as well, which just yeah. shows you how if you're a basketball fan, you're listening to this, you're probably not. But it made me nerd out a little bit. Anyways, Gary, uh, what was his Gary name? Harris, Gary Harris and yeah. Jamal Murray. That was Michael Porter Jr.'s rookie year too. It was awesome. Yeah. I, it was whatever year it was his rookie year. That was the game. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So next question. So I've got Jokic. He's got Luca. The next question is who is going to win the NBA finals? Zach, what are the two teams and who wins? Um, I'm going to pull up all the teams on the NBA just so I can think about it real quick. Um, give me, give me golden state to go back. Give me golden state. And then I will take the. Give me Golden State and Miami. The Miami Heat and the Golden State. Wow. Wow. Okay. Who wins? (sighs) Hmm. It's a boring pick, but I'm gonna pick Golden State. Hey, it's you wanna you wanna you wanna beat the expert. So there you go. Um, in the West, I'm picking the Los Angeles Clippers. 
Um, they're getting Kawhi Leonard back. They get Paul George fully healthy. They added John Wall, and they've got the best depth in all of the NBA. I think the, the Warriors are going to be held back a little bit by this whole Draymond Green controversy. I think Draymond Green might be out the door um, at the end of the year, but not because of the controversy, but because they just re-signed Wiggins and Jordan pulled to long-term deals. Um, so both of those guys are probably the got prioritized over Draymond Green. I think the Clippers are just too deep. A lot of the other teams that you're that I was considering, the Pelicans with a healthy Zion this year are going to be really, really good. The Timberwolves are going to make a big leap. The Nuggets are going to be good. Obviously, the Warriors are going to be good. Obviously, the Suns are going to be good. It's one to eight. There is look, Zach, there's legitimately going to be two 45 plus win teams in the play in tournament this year. Um, because that's how deep the West is. Um, I think the Clippers come out of the of the West and then out of the East. I genuinely think that the Sixers are going to make it out of the East this year. Joel Embiid, James Harden, they've got they've got PJ. They added PJ Tucker, which is a really underrated move. The Heat didn't make any moves in the offseason, which kind of scared me um, away from them. But the, the Sixers, they added PJ Tucker. They traded for DeAnthony Melton, who's a guy that can change a pace kind of kind of guy. Um, Tyrese Maxey is entering his fourth year. He had a great breakout year last year. I think that team is really good, but I don't think they can beat the Clippers. I've got the Clippers winning in six and the Clippers bringing home their first title um, wow. in, in, in franchise history. Those so are the, two teams that have been nothing but a disappointment the last three or four they years. Have, they have. And I know, I, I know, but the Clippers a little bit more to their defense have not been fully healthy for a playoff run yet with Kawhi Leonard. But what makes you think they will be this time? I trust their depth more this year is what I'm saying. They can, yeah. they've had a couple years of not playing with Kawhi. The guys under yeah. Kawhi have developed. So uh, that's where my, to, that's where to, my, to me, Joel Embiid has not proven that he can stay healthy ever. So last year, I can't he played, trust Joel Embiid. last year he played 70 plus games out of 82. Yeah, but so when he, it, every time it seems like every time it's postseason time, he's hurt. Fair enough. So, fair enough. Yeah, I mean it's it's a he's, he's, he's very beca- he's becoming almost like Anthony Davis at this point. He's just always hurt. Well, that's 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 bold for sure. Um, now we're gonna speaking of Anthony Davis and speaking of the Lakers, who do you think will be the worst team in basketball this year? Who do you think? We'll tank the hardest for Victor Wimbenyama. Have you heard that name? I've heard you say it, but I have no clue who that guy is. Seven three has guard skills. I want you to, I know you're not a basketball watcher, but I have a homework assignment for you. I want you to watch the Victor Wimbenyama versus Scoot Henderson G League highlights after this podcast. And I want you to text me what you think of Victor Wimbenyama. He is considered the best prospect since LeBron. Wow! If he was in a draft class, there, there's been word from guys that if he was in the same draft class as LeBron, LeBron would go number two. So that's, that's pretty bold. Who, who is going to tank the hardest for Victor Wimanyama? Who is going to end the Where year with from? Worst? France? Okay. It's a Frenchman. You probably could talk to him, Mr. French four. <laughs> um, who's, uh, who, no, I couldn't. Who, who's the worst team? Um, I'm looking at all these teams and I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'm going to go with the Orlando magic, Orlando magic. Okay. Recovering from 
Paolo Bancaro or the guy they got Paolo Bancaro. They're getting a lot healthier. Wendell Carter's going to play a full year. That's a very interesting pick. My pick is a little off the wall. I think it's the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball is already hurt, already banged up a little bit to start the year. Obviously, I don't know if you were following the whole Miles Bridges situation um, that he was that was going on with him, but he was on a contract year, ended up getting um, getting um, arrested for assault of his wife in front of his kid. Um, so he he has not been re-signed yet. Gordon Hayward's old, and I just don't know about the pieces around him. I think they are going to tank, legitimately tank. I don't know if they're the worst team in basketball, but I think they're going to tank really hard. So I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets. That one might blow up in my face because they could be good. But yeah. I think the Hornets are going to tank. An obvious pick is the Spurs or the Thunder. Chet Holmgren's not going to play this year for the Thunder, and the Spurs are just legitimately bad. That's why they gave everything up to get DeJounte Murray off the books. So those are other options, but I'm going to stick. I'm going to stay uh, tried and true. I'm going to go Charlotte. I picked the Rockets last year and I, I may have hit on the Rockets. They were the number, they got the number three pick. So, I mean, yeah. you were close, you were, but, yeah. but that doesn't mean they didn't have the worst record because the NBA lottery system is, right. is different. Um, another team is the jazz. The jazz are bad. Traded yeah. Now that they don't have Rudy and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's, uh, I know we're running out of time here on part one, and then we can have an all college football part two, but I do want to get um, a quick um, prediction. I'm trying to uh, remember what I wanted to ask you. Well, this sucks. Um, do you know any rookies? Um, Paolo Bancaro. Chad Holmgren, Jabari Smith. Um, and why is Chad Holmgren not playing this year? He tore like a muscle in his leg in preseason, oh. and he's out. Um, or no, it was in a it was in a pro am game. It was in a pro am game. What? Okay, here I'll ask you this real quick. Who is your sleeper team? I know this one could be way off for you because you don't know who slept on and who's not. But this is why it's called Beat the Expert. Who is your sleeper team? The Timberwolves. Timberwolves. They make they traded six first round picks for Rudy Gobert. Anthony Edwards is legitimately is probably is the is widely considered probably going to be the most improved player this year. Um, they're thinking he's going to make yeah, that man. jump. Pairing him with Carl Anthony Towns is going to be really really nasty. Um, but I am going. Look, the most surprising team this year is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. And listen, I know it's oh they have KD. They can't be surprising. They have Kyrie Irving. They can't be surprising. No one's expecting much out of this team. And you know who is going to be the factor for them? Benjamin Simmons. Benjamin Simmons. That's not his name. Ben Simmons is going to have a breakout year. He's going to come back. He's going to be the gel for this team. They added TJ Warren. They've got Seth Curry. They've got a good roster around KD. And KD is going to be out for blood. No, they have these trade rumors with him and Kyrie all offseason. I think he's going to prove his worth this year. That the Nets could finish as a one or two seed in the East this year, and no one expects that. Give me the Nets as the most unexpected team this year, and I'm going to go to the bank with it. Brooklyn okay. Nets. All right. So that is Beat the Expert Week 1. Um, we'll have some minor, minor tweaks and changes to it here and there, but it's not going to be an every week thing. We will try to have some sort of NBA every week just because I want to talk about it, obviously. 
Um, you can do the, the college basketball. I'll try to guess number one college, team. Yeah, college basketball, number one team, if it changes as much. Do you know who was the number one in the preseason poll? Um, I think it was North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, there you go. That is the NBA. And look, as much as much as much as this has been fun in the first half, y'all are waiting for the second half for us to get into college football. So we're going to go to a brief intermission, and we will see you on the other half for some college football talk. And we're back from our intermission. We're going to jump right into college football here. We got a number of things to talk about. Let's start off with uh, this fantastic week of college football that we saw. It's a historic yes. weekend. We saw some great games. One of the best games uh, that I've watched in a long time. Yeah. It's probably gone into my top five favorite games. Um, right. Number one being uh, the, the Georgia-Oklahoma game. Or actually, the oh, national yeah. championship win has to be number one. But the of second course. one was the Georgia-Oklahoma Rose Bowl game. But um, <clears throat> we got some insight into who's the real deal this past week as to who the, who the real teams are, who, who's, who's really a contender. And the second half of the season, we're going to see even more of that. I think I know a lot of people are worried about, oh, the committee, who are they going to pick? And, oh, what, what if this scenario happens? What if that scenario happens? I think we just need to let the season play out, let things happen. And I think a lot of that will work itself out. Um, of course, there's always controversy about who takes the four slot like every year. Every year. For the most part, it's going to work itself out. There's going to be teams that lose games they shouldn't that puts them out of the playoff contention. Uh, but I think especially the SEC is going to be where all eyes are um, because the SEC, which we're going to talk about this in a second, uh, if a co- only like two things need to happen, then the SEC is going to have two teams in again. If, two, if, if a certain two teams lose, then it's going to be – uh, two te- two SEC teams again. Um, if it's going to be two SEC teams, no matter what, in my opinion, I, I don't think so. I think if UCLA and TCU, if either one of them go undefeated and win the conference title, you can't justify leaving them out of the playoff. You can't. But if both of those teams lose, and Clemson and Ohio State stay undefeated, then or, or Michigan or which, whichever one wins that game between Ohio yeah. State and Michigan, and then Clemson you have really no choice but to put a one-loss SEC team in there as the fourth team because there really would be nobody out there that have a better resume. So I think we saw some great games this past weekend. We saw who's the real deal. Um, And so obviously the number one game everybody wants to talk about is the Tennessee-Alabama game. Uh, Mitchell, you got that one right. I got that one wrong. But I would like to make a note that both games that you and I were like 100% confident on, we both were wrong. Both which times. one was I? Which one? You were confident about Texas A&M beating Bama. You were wrong. I was super confident that Bama was going to beat Tennessee, and I was wrong. We both were really close to being right. We were both, we were both very close to being right, though. Uh, but that doesn't count. Uh, nobody nobody cares about being really close to being right. But um, you know, we, we saw who the real deal is. Uh, Hendon Hooker has to be the Heisman for honor at this point. I don't I don't who see else? how you can yeah. argue. I know some people are still saying, "Oh, C.J. Stroud's a front runner," but C.J. Stroud hasn't played the level of competition Hendon Hooker has. Hasn't looked near as perfect, good, and perfect. You know, Hendon Hooker made some mistakes this past weekend, which he did, which is very rare for him. Um, so those mistakes kind of put Bamba back in the game. But you know, he he looks great. 
I'm glad you just mentioned their mistakes because that's what I was banking on Tennessee to win the game with was less mistakes. Tennessee still won this game despite gifting Alabama that touchdown on the scoop and score. There was an interception. There was a couple of dropped passes by Tennessee. There was, there was plenty of opportunities. Tennessee just took it. I mean, Bama, look, look, we can talk about Bama's Bama. Bama has issues that I don't think are fixable. We're going to get into that a little bit later with Mississippi, the Mississippi state game, but I think Bama has issues that are not nearly fixable. And their, their turnover issues, you would have thought if it was a one-off, it would only happen against Texas, right? Right. Like it happened again in this big game. They are, they've gotten blown assignments that back into the secondary is not very good for Alabama. And I mean, Tennessee credit, credit where credit is due. We were both low on them this year, yeah. lower than, than the national. And look, now they're sitting at number three in the nation. Yeah. And they've got a legitimately, a legitimate chance of making the college football playoff. Yeah. If they don't win, if they don't lose, they're in. Yeah. They're in. And they're it's, not. It's, they're, and the weird thing about Alabama is it seems like their struggles only come on the road. When they're playing at home, they're not sloppy. They're not turning the ball over. They as were much. sloppy last week. They were. They turned the ball over four times against Texas A&M at home. But they weren't as penalized as they were. Uh, I'm talking about like the undisciplined play. It just seems like it's more on the road. And and Nick Saban even said that his players were nervous coming into the Tennessee game. Like, when have you ever heard him say that? That's just that's just weird to me. And we're going to get into that. Uh, I actually added a topic last minute because I had uh, I had actually talked to Hayden about this, our, our fellow friend and Alabama super fan. Yeah. I'd actually asked him this question um, and we can just jump right into it, too, because I think we can have a good discussion on it. But do you think NIL has affected the dominance of programs like Alabama? And what I mean by that is so, you know, obviously a lot of people have seen this article by Paul Feinbaum that came out. And I, I'm not a fan of Paul Feinbaum. I think a lot of what he says is just kind of clickbait. I think he is uh, Fox's version of Stephen A. Smith. Um, but I think Feinbaum he does, is on SEC or is on ESPN. Oh, whatever. Uh, but I think he's another. I think he's just another Stephen A. Smith and some of his takes. But I think he did bring up kind of a good point when he said, I think it was either today or yesterday that it really seems like that these Nick Saban teams, because of NIL, because players can get paid, they're not, they're not listening to Saban as much. The intimidation factor from Saban is not there anymore because players are just like, look, if you, you, keep, you can keep screaming at me all you want. I'll just go transfer to Tennessee and play for a low-key guy like Josh Heupel and still get my money. You know, And, and guys, guys are like, look, I don't have to do everything that Saban says because I'm still getting my NIL money. And it just kind of seems like his influence on the players is not as not as there, not as much there anymore. It just kind of seems like they're not listening anymore, which is why we're seeing the sloppiest Alabama team we've ever seen last year. This Alabama team struggled and it, it's not like he's not recruiting as well. He's getting the same caliber players he's always gotten. But I think in a way we can say NIL really has affected the dominance of Nick Saban because now those guys are coming in with an ego. Like I'm good enough to already be making $600,000 in NIL deals. Why do I need to listen to coach Saban? Why do I need to listen to anything? He says, I'm already a hot shot. And Saban has commented on this before. He's saying that NIL has created these egos within these kids who probably don't know what to do with all this money they're getting. 
and it's really affecting his coaching style. What, what do you, what do you think about it? I mean, I don't, to an extent, I don't know if it's more, I think it's less about Alabama and more about the teams around Alabama. I think teams are just legitimately top to bottom better in college football this year. I mean, a lot of these teams that we thought were just going to be kind of um, transitioning or rebuilding have been able to go out and get legitimately really good uh, transfer guys. I mean, you look at Tennessee. I mean, we're not we're we're two or three years removed from the Jeremy Pruitt McDonald scandal. And they're number three in the nation. Second year, second year. We're two years, not even two years removed from that. And they're already up here like this. And that is a testament to one Josh Heupel, as much as we want to flack him for not for, I mean, not being a defensive coach. He's there. He's winning. They're winning big games. They just beat Alabama. Tennessee's program is an all time high. You've got to me. It's the teams around. We're even we've talked about this earlier on in the in the uh, in the year when we talked about. um, We talked about the mid-major teams who are just better because of because of the transfer portal because of nil both of those things are making even power five teams better it's 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 all around and it's good for college football i will go to my grave with that right now oh yeah nil and transfer portal right now is really good for college football we're seeing we're seeing tennessee in the top five right now we're seeing an undefeated ucla team an undefeated tcu team it's good. It's good for college football. It's good for college football not to see Alabama win every year. I mean, look, as much as Alabama fans hate when people dog on them, you should kind of take pride that every single time you lose, it's a weak event. Yeah. People don't stop talking about it until you win again. Right. Tennessee beat you, and that's literally, I'm still getting videos. Like, I'm a little tired of it at this point, and I yeah. predicted y'all to win. I was happy. I was happy when y'all won. And then I remembered we got to play you. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. So, so getting back to the question, you don't think that Saban has kind of lost influence no. among the players because I don't, of the money they're getting. I don't think that's, that is, if that was the case, I, I, there would be reports about that. I just don't, I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I just think genuinely he just has an undisciplined team. And I think he does not have as much back end talent as, as he usually has. What does that defense always produced? A first round secondary, a first round corner, first round safety almost every year. They don't have one of those this year. Yeah. They didn't have one last year. Yeah. And so, and so it doesn't seem like I'm, I'm completely agreeing with Paul Feinbaum. He also went on to say that he genuinely thinks that Saban is like at the end because he looks tired and he can't deal. Look, I I will never believe that Saban is on his way out until it comes out of his own mouth because yeah. he has said numerous times when asked, when are you going to retire? His answer is always the same and do what, what am I going to do with my life? Like, this is all I do. People close to Saban have been interviewed and literally they're even during the off season. The only thing he wants to talk about is football. He'll talk about coverages. He'll talk about different offensives. Like that's all he talks about is football. And it's even, he's even testified and his wife has even testified that him being a coach has actually helped their marriage because if he was home all the time, he would drive his wife crazy. That is like pops. Yes. So that's our grandfather. If you don't know who that is, but like 
it's good for Saban to coach. He loves it. He doesn't want to do anything else. And I, I, I get so tired of the narrative that every time Bama loses, it's Saban's on the way out. He's going to retire now. Like Saban has only had two undefeated seasons in 15 <coughs> years at, at Alabama. He's not retiring anytime soon. I understand he's 70. The game is changing. And I'm sure maybe it's crossed his mind. Like I'm tired of having to keep changing the game because the game keeps evolving. But if there's one guy that is the king of adjustments, it is Nick Saban. Every time the game has changed and he realizes he needs to change it, he does it. He's not one of those stubborn old head coaches that's like, no, I'm going to stick to what I've always done. Those guys always end up out the door within three or four years being irrelevant. Guys like Les Miles, what worked back then, Les Miles never transitioned into the modern college football. That's why he's not coaching anymore. And several other guys like that. So Nick Saban is the king of adjusting and transitioning to the new age of college football. I'm not ever going to believe he's going to retire until it comes out of his own mouth. He just signed a deal till 2030. So that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I mean, and I know people do that and they they renege on their word all the time. But still, I think he's going to play. He's got to coach at least half of that contract. I wouldn't imagine he would sign an eight year deal and then retire the next year. That just doesn't make any sense. Right. I agree with you. All right. Let's go into our witness protection for the week. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. My witness protection is Mike Leach. Okay. Yeah, you that's have a, a good chance one. to be have so much momentum going in against an Alabama team that just came off a loss, and you went away with that from what has made you so dynamic all year long. You only had like 17 yards rushing against Kentucky, and you lost. You lost to a Kentucky team that had lost two in a row. Uh, that it's not much more. Now you have to go play Alabama. You have to go play an angry Alabama team coming off of both of you coming off a loss. Mississippi State spoiled their opportunity to have a really, really good season. I mean, I guess if they beat Bama and Georgia, they'll have a really good season. But you can't beat Kentucky. I don't think you can beat. They're not going Alabama. to Tuscaloosa and winning. They've shown that they can't win on the road. They can't win an SEC road game for whatever reason. And that's why I picked Kentucky because they have a problem on the road. Mike Leach always loses a game he's not supposed to lose. That was a game by all stretches of the imagination. Will Levis was not 100%. They don't have a lot of weapons, and yet they could not move the football. We've been, we've been, we've been praising Mike Leach for his ability to run the football this year. They ran for 22 yards against Kentucky. 22, okay. 22 yards, and Rodgers only had 200 yards passing. It's just not acceptable. Now, Kentucky has an elite defense. They're probably one of the best defenses in the country, but that's not acceptable. That's just not acceptable. I agree with your witness protection, but my witness protection is going to go to the Arizona Wildcats for losing to Colorado in overtime. No way they lost. The Arizona Wildcats lost to Colorado in overtime this past week. Um, I know you were kind of high on them, that Jed Fish had them going in the right direction, but I knew that that Jed Fish was not a good coach. I knew that it was not a good hire. Arizona's a long way away from being good. I know they got some pretty good transfers in there, but you lost to the, the literally the worst power five team out there, Colorado. You lost to them in overtime. They were down like 14 to nothing at one point to Colorado in like the second half, came back, tied it up, and then lost in overtime. You're in witness protection. That's an embarrassing loss. That's a bad loss. And if Arizona cared about their football program, that's a fireable loss, but I don't think they will fire them. Um, but and also, I mean, give credit to Colorado. They just fired their coach last week. 
or two weeks ago. I guess it was an emotional uh, win of playing for your new head coach. But I'm going to give an honorable mention on my witness protection this week. The Tennessee Athletic Department asking for money to fund the goalposts. I know we had some Tennessee friends of ours that said that was a joke, but I did some extensive research on Google, and there's not one thing saying that was a joke. That was a legitimate thing put out by the Tennessee Athletic Department asking for donations to replace the goalposts, even though it was also reported that they were they had already they had already ordered the goalposts before the game started because in anticipation of that happening, and they're still asking the fans to pay for it when. Tennessee had just received a $1.5 billion endowment for their football, for their athletics program. And they made roughly $40 million in ticket sales on this one game against Alabama. That's a joke. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Look, great win, but why would you ruin it by making your fans pay for that? That's ridiculous. Um, so you're in my, you're, you're in my honorable mention and witness protection as well. That's yeah, that was, that was a crazy all right, uh, now let's go into our one burning question. You went first last time, so I'll go first this time. My one burning question is how will Saban bounce back? They've got a brutal schedule these next three or four weeks. And Saban, I don't think since like 2007, has lost two games in the regular season, like ever. He hasn't um, lost back-to-back games since 2007. What the yeah. Status? No, no, he lost back-to-back games in like 2012. They lost, uh, they lost a... Um, the SEC championship, and then they lost their bowl game. But he's never lost back-to-back regular season games in his time since 2007. So I'm going to spoil my pick because we're going to make this pick. Alabama's not going to lose this game. If the game's even close, though, I would really start to question, like, how good really is this Alabama team? Uh, because they, they made a ton of mistakes. That Alabama should not have even been in that game against Tennessee, in my opinion. The game should have should have gotten way away from them, but there's just so much talent on that team. It's undisciplined talent, but it is talent. That's the only reason they were still in that game. So my question is, how will Saban bounce back? He's got a tough gauntlet for the rest of the season. Um, Alabama is the most penalized team in the country at the moment. They have they have 66 penalties on the wow. year. Uh, so. My question, kind of to go along with my question, is will Saban fix the issues or will the struggles continue? So that's my one burning question for this yeah. week. My, uh, my burning question is going to be one that I kind of want both of us to answer rather quickly because I know we've got some stuff to talk about. Who is your top eight? I feel like we, after, after this kind of, this is the kind of week where we can start doing this. Yeah. We can start kind of narrowing it down. Right now, starting from eight all the way to one. Who is your who is do you want me to go so you have some time to think? Yeah, I haven't had time to prepare, okay. so you go yeah. first. So my eight is UCLA, undefeated Pac 12. They've got a huge game coming up this week against Oregon in Eugene. Number seven is Bama coming off a loss to Tennessee. Have not looked good. Almost lost to Texas AM. Probably should have lost to both Texas and Texas AM and did lose to Tennessee. Sitting at my seven slot. My uh, sixth slot is TCU. Has uh, a great comeback win over Oklahoma State. My five is Michigan. My four is Clemson. Both of them won games, but I can't move some. I can't move someone down for winning a game. So I'm not moving Clemson down to five. As much as the AP poll loves doing that, uh, Clemson won and they looked pretty good against Florida State. So I'm not moving Michigan above Clemson. Both teams looked good. At number at number three, I've got Tennessee. Um, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, 
but I'm going to use the same logic. And when I say number two is Ohio State, number one is Georgia. You win, you don't move down. Tennessee should not jump, should not jump Ohio State, should not jump Georgia. So Tennessee at three. So it's Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Clemson, Michigan, TCU, Bama, UCLA. Okay. Well, I'm looking here at the AP poll, and uh, I'm not going to copy the AP poll, but I'm going to tell you what I think. Um, so I got at number eight, I'm going to go with TCU at number eight, uh, just because they've had a couple of close wins. Um, their defense is kind of shaky a little bit. They can score points, but um, especially uh, in the first half of that game against Oklahoma State last week, they did not look good at all. That defense did not look good. And really, it was the conservative play call of Oklahoma State in the second half that really caused TCU to come back in the game. So I got them at number eight. Um, I will pick numbers. Hmm. I'm going to do my number seven team as uh, UCLA. I think their, their, their wins have been more impressive than TCU's wins. Um, but I'm still a little skeptical that a Pac-12 team is going to continue to dominate like that. So that's why I'm putting them at seven. I will put Alabama at six. Um, I think it was the correct move to switch those two teams. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave uh, Michigan at five like you. I, I agree with you not moving a team down because they won a game. Clemson at four, uh, Tennessee at three, Ohio State at two, and Georgia at one. So it's pretty similar um, to yours. I don't have Ole Miss in the top eight, which – I don't either. Yeah. I <laughs> – their defense has been a little questionable. Um, they've gotten in some close games. They really shouldn't have been that close. Um, but I think they're at number nine for me. I would put Ole Miss right at number nine. They're right outside the top. Same. And they've got a chance to prove it this week, they how do. good they are. So that would be my top eight. TCU eight, uh, UCLA seven, Bama six, uh, Michigan five, Clemson four, Tennessee three, uh, Ohio State two, Georgia one. There you go. Well, that is my that's my burning question. All right. So that's all of the topics we have. So let's go. Actually, no, we have one more. UCLA and TCU remain the last hope for Big 12 and Pac-12 playoff appearances. Do you think they're going to be able to sustain the undefeated record? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see both of these teams um, this week have pretty big challenges, um, pretty big road challenges. Both of them yeah. do. So uh, this week could be set telling. I think if you were going to out of one of those two teams, it would be TCU. I just think there's more beat up. I think UCLA has got a tougher schedule than TCU does. TCU's kind of made it through the meat of their schedule if they can get through Texas. Um, but I, I, I truly believe Texas is the best team in the Big 12. But, TCU's game is actually a home game. Okay, they're not traveling to Kansas State. Right. Okay. It's a home Never, game. No, it's fine. That that I was reading. I when I, the way I have it listed was TCU then Kansas State. So gotcha. that's that's fine. Um it doesn't matter. I don't think both of them end of the year undefeated. I think both of these teams could very well win their conference. Yeah. But being undefeated is hard. So I I, I don't think they will. Okay. Let's get into our picks then. Um last week I won the week again. I pull I'm starting to pull away a little bit. Um, I've got, uh, let's, let, let me get a points update here. Pull it up. I fumbled so many bags. I could have made such a big comeback. I'm at 55 Mitchell's at 49 and Cody's at 45. So I gained two points on Mitchell, three points on Cody, but I think there's, I think there's, if I'm right, I think there's going to be some chances for you to catch up again. I think some of my picks might be a little controversial, but, um, 
you know, you know what? I'm I'm playing with house money right now. I've got you a pretty big lead. I'm gonna risk it for the biscuit. Um, so I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that likes to be conservative and sit on a lead. I'm gonna continue to do what I've been doing all year with my picks. Um, I've been evaluating my picks the same way all year. I'm gonna continue to do it because it's working. So my our first game of the week, Purdue travels to Wisconsin. Both these teams, um, you know, had high hopes before the beginning of the year. They've had some letdowns. Wisconsin's got a new coach. Wisconsin's offense looked really good against Northwestern two weeks ago, and then they sputtered and lost last week. Um, so Expect anything different? I mean, Graham Mertz looked like a superhero against Northwestern, threw for over 300 yards. Northwestern has a good defense. They're bad, but they got a good defense. And to throw for over 300 yards against them was impressive. Uh, but uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. I'm going to pick, pick Purdue in this game. Okay. Um, I think that's probably not the, the smart pick um, in this situation, but I think Aiden O'Connell is going to have a little bit more offense than Wisconsin will have. Purdue's been very disappointing this year, and so is Wisconsin, like you said, but I do think Purdue wins this game. Nothing too crazy, I think. Purdue wins. Yeah, and before we continue, there's not a whole lot of interesting games on this week, so some of these will be like, why are we covering Look, it? this is the kind of weeks you make comebacks. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm actually not going to be able to watch a whole lot of college football this week. I'm going to Jay Moore Farms. Um, my girlfriend's in town, so same. So, again, Georgia's on a bye week, so this is the week that my wife and I actually I get will, to go do stuff together. I will so. be at Washington Farms, and so you'll be at Jay Moore Farms. Yeah. So there we go. So, anyways, uh, pit, oh my, my pick for Purdue, Wisconsin. I'm picking Wisconsin in this game. I like Jim Leonard. I like the way that he has the team going. Um, the offense does look better than it was under Paul Christ over these last two weeks. Um, it's a home game. Um, you know, really this game is kind of a toss up for, for both teams, but um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Cody is also picking Wisconsin in this game. So uh, we'll just see what happens. I don't really care who wins this game at all, but the only, I, I do I'm now. Pick Wisconsin. I care now. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go with uh, Pitt at Louisville. Pitt travels to Louisville. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm actually going to pick the Cardinals. Uh, Keaton Slovis has not looked good these last several weeks. Um, I think I think overall Keaton Slovis is a bust. Um, he has not looked impressive really at all all year. Other than the West Virginia game, I haven't seen him play well much at all this season. I know he's been battling injuries and stuff, but I haven't been impressed with him. Pitt has a good defense, and Louisville's been up and down all year, but I trust Malik Cunningham a little bit more than I trust Keaton Slovis. I think they make Louisville has just been so weird and so unpredictable with teams they beat and teams they don't beat. I think Louisville pulls out a win on the road or at home. I don't trust Keaton Slovis, but I trust Israel Abakanda, the Abanacanda. running back, whatever. Um, the running back for Pitt. I'm going to pick Pitt in this game. I think they've got the more physical defense that they're going to make it hard on Malik Cunningham. Give me the Pitt Panthers. All right, Cody is also picking Pitt. So the chance for y'all to gain a point on me there. Um, Cincinnati travels to SMU. Um, you let you let let you, you go, let's let you go first in this one. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, both of these teams have been kind of up and down. I don't like what Rhett Lashley's done with SMU this year. Um, they're coach. they're too talented to be this bad, and I, I predict them to win the AAC this yeah. year. I told you he's not a good coach. I don't know who's going to win the AAC. Is it Tulane? Is Tulane about to win the AAC? I mean, they're the well, only I think, I think right now, I think UCF is undefeated in American play. 
I think, I think. I think Tulane is as well. So I mean, could be I'm, either I'm one of those teams. Quick. I'm gonna look. I'm just gonna make sure. I'm gonna make sure. So who's your pick then? Just give me your pick real quick. Uh, my my pick is is Cincinnati. Okay, they're undefeated. They are undefeated. Tulane's three and zero. Cincinnati's two uh two and zero, and UCF is two and zero. So, okay. So right now, yes, I, I'm actually gonna go the other direction. I'm gonna pick SMU in this game, okay. um, because uh, Ben Bryant is probably not playing this weekend. Um, so that's probably that's why I'm going with SMU. I, I trust Tanner Mordecai. Um, because the guy that I think his name is Prater for Cincinnati did not look good last week. Uh, there is a chance Ben Bryant plays, but he'll be banged up if he does. He, he had a head injury, an undisclosed head injury. So, was, so who knows if he'll even play or not? That's why I'm picking SMU. Cody is also picking Cincinnati, but I, I'm I'm confident at home SMU can can squeeze one out against uh against the Bearcats. We're we're literally different again. Yeah, every pick picks. so far. All right, Minnesota at Penn State this week. Um, I'm going to pick Penn State. I, I was very disappointed in how they play. I thought about putting Penn State on my witness protection because of how poorly they played against Michigan. They literally could not do anything against Michigan. I think that speaks volumes to how good Michigan is. But Penn State, we've, we've seen this movie before. Their last 10 games against top 10 opponents, they've lost every one of them. I don't think James Franklin is a good big game coach. Um, and I don't think Penn State's a good team in big games, but I am picking him and picking them in this one. Tanner Morgan is probably not playing. They're without their top wide receiver, Mohamed Ibrahim. Who knows if he's healthy? I'm picking Penn State to get a bounce back win at home. It's the wideout game. They're winning. Mohamed Ibrahim is healthy, and I look. You basically told me why to pick Minnesota in this game. Penn State looked terrible against Michigan. What did they struggle against defensively? The run. Muhammad Ibrahim is healthy. Give me Minnesota. I think he's going to run. He's going to have a big day. Muhammad Ibrahim's big day. They won't need a Tanner Morgan. Muhammad Ibrahim will single-handedly give the Gophers a win, and we are different for four picks now. All right, and Cody is also going with Penn State. Uh, Ole Miss travels to LSU uh, this week, travels to Death Valley, but it is a 3.30 game. I think LSU would would much prefer to have nothing but seven o'clock games because that's when they right. play their best. So who do you, who do you get who you got in this game? I'm going to pick Ole Miss. Um, I think they're going to get a big statement win. Jackson Dart can run the football pretty well, um, and that that team can run the football in general. Like you said, you brought up a really good point. If this game was played at night, I would pick LSU. I'm going to pick Ole Miss. I'm also going with the Rebels. Um, I think uh, Jackson Dart's going to make some good plays. LSU has, has Ole Miss's defense is actually not as bad as we think. They're only allowing 17 points a game this year. No, they're, good. they're good. Um, and I think you know you never have to worry about a Lane Kiffin offense. They're going to score points. LSU's just been up and down. I think the game will be closer than people think it will be. Yeah. But I'll take the Rebels to win the game. And Cody also has the Rebels, so that's a clean sweep for Ole Miss. Kansas State on the road to TCU. I'm going to go first. I got TCU winning this game. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is not, he's going to play, but he's not 100% healthy. Um, quick fun fact Aiden, Mar- Aiden uh, Martinez, Adrian Martinez is the only quarterback in college football that has not thrown a pick this year. Um, but I think that's going to change. I got TCU winning this game, and I think they can win it by two scores. Yeah, I think TCU wins by two scores. I think Adrian Martinez will throw his first pick this week. 
Um, with Deuce Vaughn not being fully healthy, they're actually going to have to throw the ball. That's why he hasn't thrown interceptions. He hasn't really had been asked to be much of a thrower. I think he does this week, and I think I think TCU can win by two or three scores. All right, Cody also has TCU. Mississippi State at Alabama. Um, I'm just going to get – we're going to go quickly. We're running out of time here. Alabama, you know, they, they, he never loses back-to-back regular season games. It's in Tuscaloosa. I think this game could get ugly. Mississippi State has not been good at road SEC games this year. Alabama big. I don't think Alabama can blow people out. I think this game's going to be close in the fourth quarter, but I think Bama pulls it out. All right, Cody's also got Alabama, so that's three sweeps in a row. Syracuse on the road to Clemson. Who you got in this game? Uh, Clemson. If the uh, I know Syracuse plays Clemson tough, notoriously. I just don't see it. I think they're uh, Syracuse has been a really good story, but uh, I think Clemson's going to end the story here. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm risking it for the biscuit. I'm picking the orange. I'm picking the orange to go into Death Valley and to win this game. Sean Tucker's going to run the wow. ball. Uh, Slater or Schrader has looked very good for them this year. Did you know that Schrader and DJU have the exact same QBR this season? The exact same. Uh, it's even down to the point percentage and everything. So I'm going to pick, you know, Dino Babers. I love the guy. And I was very hesitant to pick Syracuse because for five games in a row, they have lost somebody for the year. They've lost five starters for the year in five games. So but I'm still going to pick Q, so I'm going to risk it for the biscuit. Like I said, I'm playing with house money. Why not? I believe in this Q's team. I want to see some chaos, too. So let's see it. And Cody's also got Clemson winning this game. See, Two more let's left. See, let's see some chaos. Texas at Oklahoma State. I'm going to go with Texas uh, because, like I said last week, Oklahoma State, they do it to me every year, and they did it to me again. last week. I can't pick them again. I can't pick them. And, and, and the reason – I read a report, the reason why uh, – Spencer Sanders came into that game last week hurt and they cleared him to play. And then the second half, they had to go conservative in their play call because he was playing hurt and he just couldn't do what he was doing in the first half. Large reason why they lost. He's still going to try and play through injury this week. They lost their best offensive lineman for the year last week. Give me Texas and Quinn Ewers to win. Yeah, I think Texas wins. I think I I stated it earlier. I think Texas and Texas uh, and TCU are the two best teams in in the, the Big 12 this year. Quinn Ewers looks really good. They've got more talent, I think, than Oklahoma State. The defense hasn't been as sharp. Uh, give me Texas. And Cody's also going with Texas. And then our game of the week, college game day location, okay. UCLA traveling to uh, Eugene, Oregon for a big-time Pac-12 game. Uh, this could very well decide the Pac-12 champion. Um, but I'm going to go first. I'm picking UCLA to win this game. I think they're going to pull out a, a, you know, you know, Chip Kelly's doing something and making me believe in this team and I may regret it, but I'm going to pick them to win this game. I had Oregon losing two games this year. Always, obviously their blowout loss to Georgia. I think this is the only other game Oregon loses this season, but give me UCLA to win and a close one on the road. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick UCLA as well. Uh, I think like you said, um, they're they're gonna out physical Oregon. I know it's in Eugene. Um, give me one second. And I can't trust Bo Nix either. Yeah, I, I, just, I, don't, I just can't I don't, trust Bo Nix. Um, I don't trust Bo Nix. I trust Dorian Thompson Robinson more. Um, which is crazy to say. <laughs> which yeah. is absolutely crazy to say. But I do. I trust DTR more than Bo Nix in a big game. 
Give me UCLA. Give me the fighting Chip Kellys um, to get a huge, like this, no, no joke, huge. Win. A big win against his former school. Former school, more motivation. UCLA, the Bruins. Looking good. Collision yes, course. Collision course. They're headed towards a collision course with USC. Cody is picking Oregon in this game, so he's going the other direction. Now let's go, to our, yep. let's go to our Cousins' Choice and Bold Predictions, and then we'll wrap this up. My Cousins' Choice for you this week, Florida Atlantic goes on the road to play UTEP. Florida Atlantic is four-point favorites. Who do you got? Uh, give, me, give me UTEP and the points. I don't, think they, I don't think they went out right, but I think UTEP covers. I think it's a three. I think it's like a close. Okay. All right, give me your cousin's choice. Um, so my cousin's choice this week, Miami is a nine-point favorite versus Duke. What you got? Um, I really like what I saw last week from Duke. So give me give me Duke outright. My bold prediction on fourth and wrong as well. Give me give me Duke yeah. outright over Miami. I agree, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I like what Mike Elko has done with the defense. Uh, they, they were just like one or two plays short from beating North Carolina last week. So I think they got them going in a good direction. And Miami has been very underwhelming. Um, I don't think uh, Van Dyke has been as advertised. So give me Duke outright. And then Cody's bold prediction to wrap it up. George, he's actually picking a Wednesday night game. So this wow. will have already happened when this comes out. He's picking Georgia State to cover. Uh, an 11-point spread against Appalachian State. I think that's a pretty good pick, a chance for him to pick up three points there, but we will see. So that that concludes today's episode. Mitchell, send us out. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode. We ran a little long. We used two Zooms today, uh, two Zooms worth of, uh, of content today, back in the full episode grind. Guys, thank you for all the support. Um, let us know what kind of segments you'd want to see from us. If you want us to talk more NBA, if you want us to talk less NBA, if you want us to talk more, even more college football, we'll try to make it work for y'all. We are here for y'all to grow this. While look at us on for fa- on our Facebook, our predictions on Facebook, TikTok. We've been doing more predictions on TikTok. Um, all our social media platforms. Listen to us on Thursday mornings. We love y'all. Keep supporting us. See you. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Official Review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected, ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also, if you just want to check Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for every single episode of the official review. Thank you, and we love you. Peace.